How's that for a slice of fried gold? Oh, you think this is a fucking costume? This is a way of life. I'll be back. Just a flesh wound. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. I'm sorry, Ben. Welcome to Cinema Shock, the podcast that's dedicated to exploring the stories behind your favorite cult and genre films, and you are participating with us in a special roundtable edition. That's exciting, what? right? Like that feels like very high. It feels here. like a morning, a morning radio shock jock host. Is what it feels like. For me well, I'm no shock jock, but I am Gary Horde. It's Gary and the douche. Gary and the, the douches. Here's <laughs> douche number one. Is my co-host. You're talking about Todd, right? Yeah, no. Todd, Todd, you know, oh, I wanted to be douche number two so I could say I'm a butt douche. Oh, wow. Ooh, okay. Uh, well, this is off to a great start. That's Gary Horn. I'm Justin Bishop. That's Todd Davis. You guys know all of our voices, but we're also joined by a very special guest who has been on the show before, back in our Shane Black series, I believe, if I remember correctly, Mr. Miles Griffin from Yay. the More You Nerd Yay. podcast. Welcome back to the show, Miles. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Yeah, man, you're our first roundtable guest. Uh, These roundtable, we did one a couple weeks ago for RoboCop where we talked about RoboCop 2 and 3. This one's going to be a little bit different because the fun thing about these roundtable episodes is that we're not beholden to a single format. So today we really are just talking about Total Recall. If you listened to our last episode, you already heard us talk about Total Recall for like two hours, but uh, that was more about the behind the scenes, the making of the movie. Today, we're just hanging out with Miles. Talking about the film a little bit, and we'll, well see how really it goes. We've never done this, so we're talking yeah. about the 2012 RoboCop, and Todd's going to mm. read us the screenplay, and we're all going to listen to <laughs> Dramat- it. It's going to be a dramatic reading of the 2012 uh, screenplay to, to to Total Recall. Thank you, Todd. Yep, here uh, we go. That's all. What's really happening, everybody? Don't don't tune out yet. I'm I'm so yeah. mad that you you stole my joke because I was going to start talking about the Colin Farrell remake. Oh. <laughs> just, 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 just as if we were having this conversation, and then you just ruined it. <laughs> That's really what Todd wanted to do for this roundtable was talk about the remake. Hey, I, I, you know, I was on board. I would have watched the remake. I, I didn't seen have time remake. to watch it. <laughs> I, I think, I think the remake's interesting only in that they do attempt to go a little bit more closer to the Philip K. Dick story, and I would like a good movie that does that. Mm. Have you, um, have you read the original story? A long time ago. It's it's been a, no. it's I was in grade school. Oh wow. So anyway, we we I sent Miles like a text. I mean, this is a couple months ago, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, letting him know we were working on this Paul Verhoeven series. Hey, what do you want to? Would you be interested in talking about any of these movies? And you said Total Recall. Uh, what was it that that drew you specifically to Total Recall? Robocop was taken. <laughs> no, no. Uh, what's, I what's, think it was. <laughs> I think I think you said Robocop was not off limits, but um, yeah, I don't remember. I, I could be. I could, I could be. I could be wrong. <laughs> uh, so Total Recall is one that I had not seen in a while, and I've kind of gotten to a point where I'm I'm in a phase that I'm I'm reassessing a lot of movies 
from my formative years yeah. um, where I'm going back and watching things that maybe I thought I loved and I just with a more critical eye this time. Yeah. And I hadn't, I haven't, the last time I saw Total Recall, I think was on a blockbuster VHS. So it's, it's been a long time. And so I thought, well, this is a good opportunity for me to kind of do two things. One, talk about a a movie critically with three people that I love talking to, but also, you know, go back and look at this movie because I've been wanting to go through Verhoeven's filmography for a while. And I just recently, because in the more you nerd, we did <laughs> RoboCop the series. So oh, yeah. for, for fun, <laughs> I watched all three RoboCop movies. And Ooh. it made me want to go through like his his filmography. Uh, I think I don't think it was in the Discord for you guys. I think it was in uh, the Cosmic Crit Discord where we do the more you nerd conversations. We talked a lot about Starship Troopers okay. and what a misunderstood film that was at the time. Yeah. And so yeah, I, I've I've wanted to go back to this one because I'm I miss these kind of aim for the fences, large studio science fiction films that isn't Star Wars or Marvel. Right. right. Yeah, it's not part of a, a pre-existing IP. Hey, before we get into your thoughts on what on your your rewatch of Total Recall, what do you think of RoboCop two and three? Um, we had a bit we had a big discussion about that on our so last round. I table, I so. I mean. I get accused for for liking everything, and that does hold true with RoboCop Three. I will stand by RoboCop Three. Yeah, I'm Team <laughs> RoboCop Three. Are you really? Yeah, I am. He was. These of guys all g- people, these guys gave you me guys, shit what for the it. Fuck, really? Why? <laughs> <laughs> RoboCop Three is garbage. It is not RoboCop good. RoboCop Three is Gary boring. Gary gave me so it, much shit for no, it. It is not boring. It's fun. It's not RoboCop I, on a rocket on a. He's got rockets on his I, back. I, he had the love- worst Photoshop I've ever seen in my life. Like they took a paper mache RoboCop and just like attached him to a. You uh, didn't complain about uh, what's his name, Dick, getting the 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 in the first RoboCop the like the wonky arms. You know when he's falling out of the OCP. Did we not building? talk about that at all? I thought about that we afterwards. Didn't, we didn't talk about that at all, and that's pretty. That's <laughs> way more wonky than. It is weird. Flying and Robocop. I watched the commentaries on RoboCop, and I don't think anybody ever mentioned it there either. I'm like, what the fuck? They're is pretending wrong with it didn't people? happen. RoboCop <laughs> 2 is a weird one because, I mean, you have this semi accepted script by Frank Miller, who was always trying to out edge himself. And yeah. I think it's got a lot of cool ideas, but it's just the execution is just all off in that movie. Well, it's, I think the pacing is really often and i i really I, liked talk, robocop too i thought it was fun i thought it made it more well, of a superhero movie which is why i do think it's a fun movie but i still gary's think also got nostalgic love for robocop too that i think blinds him a little bit to some of its flaws um you I mean, know which, i still have fun with that happens. movie people got real pissed that like they made this kid a killer and i i always i kind of like awesome. i like the kid I he's my favorite part of the movie um i also <laughs> like uh what's his name who plays Murphy and uh in the third one a lot. Gary oh, gave um, shit for that. Is it John Richard... Burke, John Burke, John Robert Burke. Is that his Burke. name? Okay. No, I think Richard Eden is the uh, the guy from the TV series. That sounds um, like a serial yeah. killer. Robert John Burke. Robert John Burke. Yeah. yeah. That's someone who puts children in the basement with their throat slit. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I mean the thing is well while I like RoboCop 3, I I think it, it fundamentally fails Anne Lewis. Like oh yeah. yeah she just dies, I mean honestly the but she's not really in the second her. one either she's barely in either one of them and honestly she should have come back as a RoboCop in the second one 
Yeah, I, I after, did like after that. her after her injury at the at the end of the first one. She should have come back as a female RoboCop. That's yeah. where they that's where they missed uh, what what could have been really fun. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. this is not this is not a discussion about RoboCop two and three. We already did a whole episode on that, but I was just curious. Yeah, I I for some I reason really I felt RoboCop. like you would like RoboCop three. I do. Oh, no, I'm a really much. big Tom Noonan fan too, so I think that that's part of it. Uh, yeah, they get rid of him too quickly, though. I mean, it's really not as quickly as you remember it being. Like I remember I him watched, disappearing. I just like, watched the movie. I know, but ago. I'm saying like the <laughs> robot version of him of Kane does not appear until. I mean, it's all within like a 30 minute period that the well, robot I, Kane think, is there. I think my big problem with with that is I think the Kane design sucks. Mm. and I wish they, I, I don't know why in American science fiction, our robots are always these big blocky pieces of garbage and everywhere else. There are these cool oh, sleek things. Like, like, yeah. like miles wanted Gundam cane. I would love a Gundam. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, anyway, Absolutely. so let, he wanted, he wanted like um, five Robocops to come together to form a Robozord. Giant. <laughs> a Zord cop. A ro- <laughs> Behave yourselves. Uh, now, now you're just describing a uh, Japanese show called Gen Person, which is, uh, is, <laughs> it is essentially a Robocop Power Ranger. That is, that is the show. Oh, oh okay. wow. We knew we knew you would know that Miles for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone would, (laughs) so so okay, let's get to Total Recall then. What? So you rewatched it in preparation. Um, How did it hold up to you compared to your memories of it? (laughs) I liked it, but not as much as I used to. Yeah, I I and I think most of my problems and I I I read about the the production of the film after I watched the movie because I I kind of wanted to go in completely fresh, mm-hmm. and reading that David Cronenberg was originally attached and also had problems with the script up until the third he said that the script was fine until the third act, yeah which which definitely I I can see that they it just constantly seems to lose its way, but seeing that he wanted to do an actual adaptation of the Dick story and the producers and, and O'Bannon wanted to make, as they said, Raiders of the Lost Ark goes to Mars. I think that's where, where it loses me is, is it can't decide if it wants to be a smart satir, a, a satiric science fiction film or an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Well, see, that, that's one thing we talked about on our regular episode a lot. Uh, and, and it's one thing that I think the movie does very well is it's, it, manages to be both it may you can watch it as a dumb arnold action movie super gory great special effects and stuff or you can watch it as more of a mindfuck philip k dick story about is this all in his mind we didn't talk about that a whole lot like the idea of in fact i didn't ask you guys in our regular episode todd and gary i didn't bring it up because i figured this would be a good point for it do you think that it's all happening in his mind or do you think that, do you think that he really is this person or is it, or is the it all part of the fantasy that was implanted into his brain? See, uh, and that's the cool thing about the movie is it never really answers the question. No. Yeah. No, no, it doesn't. It's a hundred percent made in a way to not answer that question. Yeah. It's intentional yeah. that you can watch it both ways. It's for uh, people to have this exact conversation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you exactly. know, so people will continue to talk because a lot of movies now it's like, Oh, this is good. You know, you, you move on. No one, it's not that no one makes good movies. I'm not saying that, but there have been fewer movies where I walk out of like 
having conversations about the nature of the movie. You know mm, what I mean? Right. What like like is he still is he is, are these are these memories real or is he still being manipulated? And I I think from a script perspective, Total Recall really worked for me. But for me personally, I thought at this stage in his career that Schwarzenegger was the weak link for me. I wow. I I didn't buy his performance. And and he's like for me about four four years off or five years off from like true lies from where he can kind of do the kind of action comedy acting bit, but he just wasn't there for me personally. I mean, this is kind of Schwarzenegger at he's coming into the height of his power because this is right two years before Terminator 2. This is in between right. the Terminator movies. So he's a huge star. I mean, but but you don't really and Schwarzenegger is always playing a version of himself in these movies, whether he's a Terminator or whether right. he is a barbarian or whatever, you know, like he's always, he's one of those actors who's always playing themselves. Uh, there, there are a lot of actors like that, especially big movie stars tend to tend to do that. Mm-hmm. I think the movie is as far as, you know, the idea of whether it's real or not. Yeah. We talked when we talked about this a little bit that the whole fact that you're casting Arnold kind of makes it hard to believe that he was ever supposed to be just a, just a lowly construction worker, you right. know? Uh, so that kind of, it kind of almost destroys that idea, but you know, they, they hint a lot of stuff that makes you believe that it is all a facade in his brain. Like when he goes to recall and they are discussing the, the fantasy that they're going to implant and they basically describe the entire movie to him yeah. mm-hmm. you yeah. know uh they they inscri- they describe everything that's going to happen like you're a secret agent out to save the world uh you know they even mention there's a throwaway line where one of the doctors says oh blue skies on mars never seen that before uh like when they're implanting it and that's exactly how the movie ends yeah and then the doctor uh what's his name edgemar or whatever when edgemar, he comes yeah. In, yeah when he comes in to talk to him i mean he he basically does the same thing again there's also the weird part where they're standing in the same place and you know like arnold's deciding if he wants to kill him or not there's a mirror and edgemar's reflection is not in the mirror but arnold's is there oh really oh. yeah i didn't even know and, that. Uh, i didn't know that either yeah and i mean even Maybe that he picks out he picks out the woman like at the beginning or when he's in with the car yeah, salesman Melina. type guy describing it i mean there's diagrams of the reactor like floating around on the monitors and stuff like that i mean i think that despite the fact that he wanted to leave it open i think that veroven he himself felt it was a dream or or all part of the thing and and he even says like even the commentary like i I watched the commentary and, and he doesn't say straight out either he's like if you want to choose this path this if you'd like to think that this is just thing that uh well here we did this thing and this thing but i mean he's he's like talking like that all the time but he he also he even points out that like he loved obviously the commercials and stuff like he does in robocop like he'll do in starship troopers he points out that like i mean he's very emphatic about pointing out on the subway that there's a commercial for recall and He's like, and look at this. They're pitching schizophrenia. They're, mm. they're implanting schizophrenia in your brain. And they're doing this like uh, cigarette companies selling you cigarettes. Like they're, they're selling you like it's fun. 
do this. It gives you schizophrenia, <laughs> but it feels very good. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so I think it, it is heart of hearts. Verhoeven would say that it's all happening in his brain. Like it's, yeah. but I kind of lean towards that too, personally. Well, you know, we talked about uh, Minority Report initially being the sequel, and it makes me think of the ads that are in uh, Minority, Minority Report as one thing that kind of hung on to that whole that whole that that whole aesthetic presented yeah. in uh, in Verhoeven movies. And can I, can I, you imagine if things happened the way they wanted to, and we got Total Recall two as Minority Report, basically? Right, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, it would have been wow. weird, but. Uh, it could have been cool if, if it had happened early enough for Verhoeven to sign on for it. Which no, I've read that Arnold is very Frakes. much of the uh, in favor of the other option that th- this really did happen. But of course he did because that's Arnold. He wants to be well, I mean, seen. That was... He wants to be seen as the big hero and not a fake big hero. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. That's like, that's like Harrison Ford versus Ridley Scott for for years and years and years about mm. Blade Runner. You know, one would say, oh, yeah, he's not a replicant. And even though we all know Harrison Ford deep down doesn't care at all. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> that's true. Arnold and, probably does care more than yes. than Harrison Ford. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> gener- reading, in general, I mean. Just about anything. <laughs> I was reading uh, something on, uh, God, what site? I swear it was probably the Chive or something. And I, I saw like an article linked to it, but it was like weirdest celebrity encounters. And uh, they were saying, this person was like, I was on the wait staff at uh, this restaurant and Harrison Ford and his wife, uh, Clis- uh, what's it, Clarissa Flockhart. Flockhart. Clarissa Flockhart, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they came in and uh, he was like, Harrison Ford was covering his eyes and like rubbing his, his temples. And Calissa was like, you didn't take your medicine, did you? And he's like, no, I didn't take my medicine. And then she's like, do you need me to go out to the car and take your medicine? And then he was just like waving her off, looking very like adamant about waving her away. And she's like, Harrison do I need to go get your medicine and he kept waving your way and he's like exactly what you just envisioned in your mind that's what was happening at that table <laughs> <laughs> she's like and I didn't know when to jump in <laughs> so um one one thing we kind of we talked about in our total recall episode but we kind of you know glazed over it a little bit but yeah I, Miles, I know you guys were doing this uh, series on your podcast, The More You Nerd, uh, doing TV sadaptations, all right? Where And that's where you got into the RoboCop yeah. series. Yes. Um, have you seen Total Recall 2070? Not really. I, I think I caught part of an episode late night when it came out, like just as I, the TV was left on, I woke up and it was on, yeah. but... Uh, no, I've never actually watched, sat down and watched it. I wonder if it's available. I'd be curious. It's a I mean, Showtime it's only, show, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a Canadian production, um, but then it got picked Most up. Most of them were. <laughs> yeah, and then it got... Uh, but in the U.S., yes, it, it aired on Showtime, and then it later got syndicated, and they just had to remove like the nudity and language <laughs> for the syndication. But yeah, it only um, it only lasted one season and then got got canceled pretty quickly uh looks hmm. like it's on the oh no that's the that's the movie um 
I was gonna say it looks like it's on the Stars app, but I don't think it is. Uh, yeah, it, it's only been released on DVD in like Japan and Canada. I don't think it's even ever come out in the states. But there uh, was one release, and it's so out of print. It's like a hundred dollars to buy on Amazon. Wow. <laughs> uh, so your bet, bet, your best bet with stuff like this is just to go to YouTube. YouTube typically has them there if it shows yeah. that you can't really get. Um, most of our our, of our TV adaptations were watched on youtube because of that oh really um, what yeah, other we, ones have you guys done we did uh delta house the animal house sitcom oh how was that not as bad as i expected yeah <laughs> um you also that one didn't a, last very long either right no and it wasn't because of ratings or reviews uh it honestly it got canceled because um reitman and the other producer could not agree with abc studios on how to do the show and abc was like fine we're just going to cancel it Huh. Because they wanted it to be a little bit more racy. The show was put on on a Saturday night family hour on ABC. Huh. And like, have you guys seen the movie? Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> um, but it's actually it's it's not. I mean, it's by no means amazing, but it's a somewhat charming little show. You have a very, very young uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in it huh. as a like. She's like one of the Delta House friends. It's it's weird. Yeah. Uh, the original Dean is involved and yeah, the, it's uh what's his name Dean um, warmer i think yeah i mean the the actor uh john vernon right john oh vernon. yeah yeah um we did the uh ferris bueller sitcom oh wow wow which is awful awful awful, <laughs> awful. <laughs> awful. uh but it did you did get to see a a, a younger jennifer aniston as ferris's sister she's one oh. of the stars of the show oh wow and then we did uh, RoboCop the series. The other two days, uh, two dates in June were dedicated to one hour, 10 year anniversary. And 10 um, years. Yeah. And then my birthday. Congratulations. Birth where I made my co host watch Psycho Goreman. Nice. Which is, <laughs> which is amazing, by the way. Which is a fantastic movie. Uh, but it's something we're going to do again because I, I find the subject of, of making an adaptation to a movie fascinating, especially when it's so random. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like Ferris Bueller's kind of random. It, yeah, I feel exactly. Like. And it's also like eight years later. Yeah. And and the studio apparently tried to get Matthew Broderick, and Matthew Broderick was like, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but but yeah, so Total Recall is one that I had pitched, um, but we only had four slots because I, I kind of wanted to check it out because it does seem like if you're gonna make a movie out of, of a show, typically genre shows m- are, are your best bet you know you're well yeah you're t- i mean the the premise of total recall lends itself to a series i think yeah i'm um, not necessarily the plot of the movie or the, whatever but the the overall premise i think is one that could support a series you know if you, if you really used it to expand that future world yeah and i think that i mean there's a lot of cool stuff set up so i didn't want to seem like overtly negative because i did enjoy my time with the movie and a lot of the stuff I love is the the world building they set up. I love I love all of the stuff they did with the mutants and oh, yeah. like the, the culture of Mars seems really interesting. Yeah, and I would have loved to have like gotten more time to to spend with that. And I, it's not that I disliked Arnold, but the entire time I'm thinking, man, if they had, if they had made him an, like an accountant and it was someone like I think they originally wanted like Dreyfus Richard, or John Richard Hurt. Dreyfus, yeah, yep. It would have uh, William made, William Hurt. Yeah, William Hurt. Um such an, an I think a more interesting 
don't want to say cerebral movie, but it would have made, made it much more of a mind fuck, I think, yeah. than having Arnold there. There is something to be said. I think it works very well as it is as an Arnold action movie yeah. version of this story. But yeah, the, it would be cool to see a version of this where your Quaid character is a uh, more mild-mannered kind of guy. I mean, even the remake, you know, Colin Farrell is not a not Arnold-like action star, but he's still more capable than, say, if you had a Richard Dreyfuss type right. in the role. Like, who, or, who do you think? Or like Michael like, Sarah. Yeah, Can yeah. you imagine there Michael you Sarah in, in Total Recall? <laughs> I don't want to. Well, that no. was going to be my next question to, to all of y'all. Like, who would, if you were remaking this now, let's say there were one coming out now, uh, and you wanted to go the mild-mannered route, like, who would you put in it? Bob Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah, I could mm-hmm. see that. Bob Odenkirk. Well, he just made that movie. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. It's really, uh, really good. So, I mean, Todd, you're 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 proven correct. <laughs> yeah. uh, have you seen Nobody yet, Todd? I I, I am well aware of it, but have not uh, had a chance to sit down. It's and watch really it. do yourself a favor. Yeah, it's really awesome. Nice, really good. I see. Um, I kind of like an idea of this Total Recall because it's a company, it's a business that exists and exists for a while. I kind of like the idea of like almost um almost like an anthology series where a bunch of people go and get these different memories revealed or you know so there there's the question of like are they revealing memories or are they implanting memories and maybe have something where it all converges at the end but yeah i don't know yeah that could work uh like like just a series of their experiences yeah Yeah, that could be kind of cool yeah gary who would you cast do you have anyone Man, it's tough. I mean, if you just, if you want, uh, I swear to God, I'm thinking of somebody like Walton Goggins or something, <laughs> like just playing, <laughs> like a, yeah, like a, just yeah. every this man. Is a hillbilly version of- or something. <laughs> yeah. Just like a, just a regular Joe that would, that would be in the situation. I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like, cause, cause I mean, you guys, I mean, even if you're saying like certain, like so, some of these people are also like very besides Bob Odenkirk, it seems like everybody we're, we're, we're talking about here is like still like a good looking dude or like a, that's yeah. I was thinking yeah. about that too. Cause I initially thought, uh, oh, Oliphant. Mark Duplass. Oh, Hey, there you go. Yeah. yeah that could, okay. That's actually so pretty like, good. That's, that's yeah. good. Mark Duplass yeah. would totally like that. work. Um, Adam Sandler. Now I just want. Now I just want the lead goes to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul Shear. Paul Shear is Paul Shear would be great. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> he would, he would, I would love to see him do more dramatic stuff. I know he's done like small characters, but I, I think he's a really capable actor. But yeah, I haven't seen I mean, him do much dramatic. Stuff, I think, but. despite you know. However you feel about the, the the casting of Quaid, what I love about this movie is that it just keeps giving you breadcrumbs. Like, mm. oh yeah, you you it's a good thrill ride in that you never quite know where it's going. Like, you know, his he sees his buddy, I'll buy you a beer, and then he's jumped. He gets home, you know, his he has this conversation with his wife, and then someone comes in and tries to kill him. Turns out it's his wife. And you have this this very tense back and forth, and I think Sharon does does an awesome job as yeah. um, oh gosh, Lori, Lori, Lori Quaid. I think it's Lori. Yeah, 
and so like from there i think it's it's a really good thriller in that you're always kind of at pace with the character it's not one of those characters where like oh he's got a plan and the audience doesn't know what it is until it unfolds it's you're you're along with him and i think one thing that that movie does well is no matter who is in the role the actual script has this kind of um audience audience um stand-in basically yeah with with the arnold character and arnold you know to his credit does the confused i have no idea what's going on bit well i mean emphatically but well yeah and I think that's one of the, the real strengths of this movie as a, a the thriller part is that it does a good job kind of just giving you these breadcrumbs so that you're you do want to see how everything unfolds. Mm-hmm. You know who would be really good? Help me out because I know you guys know his name. The guy that's in uh, Sorry for Bothering You. Adam Brody? No. Um, the guy who's Sorry. also in like Get Out. Uh, oh, Lakeith Stanfield. Lakeith. That guy would be fun too. Yeah, like he, he's just got that like unassuming. Oh, he'd be fantastic. But he's yeah, like he's slim. All, he's... I, I, I don't know why I said Adam Brody. I thought you said thank you for smoking. No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, I forget the name. It's sorry, sorry for bothering. sorry to bother you. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry to bother you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But him, like I could also see like a guy like him would be yeah. actually yeah. a lot of fun. Like How about just Tim Heidecker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I'm just thinking of his his turn in Us because you you brought up Get Out and made me think of Us. Like he did, he does some scary shit in that that I would not normally think him capable of. You know, that's true. Uh, that's that's a good point. I just I just like uh, the range of Lakeith. Like he, yeah, he's one of my favorite actors. I think that's it. I think it's Lakeith. I think he do him as like like a weird fucking accountant or like just somebody at a fucking desk job at a call center almost like sorry to bother you but then he's a fucking action star all of a sudden i bet i bet he could do it tim heidecker you know is listed here as an american comedian i think there's something to be said and i've mentioned bob odenkirk you know casting people who are known as comedians who i mean like against type yeah, yeah casting against type and then i think comedians bring a special injury to roles like they tend to be very damaged people anyway and i mean you know we see we, uh, you know i always think of i because i recently rewatched dead poet society you know seeing robin williams in in movies like that you think man he was just chock full of of that Talent. you know just juicy <laughs> power you know in those roles and i think you know again casting against type and casting someone who's known as a clown and then putting them in this role of epic space sci-fi secret agent yeah would would really help sell it it could be really fun honestly yeah Yeah. it could be a fun play on it Um, if you you guys had to go if you guys had to uh if we were going to gender bend this and you had to cast female who would you who who would be your female quaid man um Oh, give me a second to think about that. That's a very good question, Todd. Uh, gosh, Florence Pugh. Well, it's because you just watched Black Widow. Yeah, but she's <laughs> yeah so good. She's so good. Yeah, she's, solid. Yeah, she's yeah. hard to beat. Um, I I love that you're giving me crap when like you love Midsummer. <laughs> oh no, I love Florence Pugh. I mean, I'm just saying that's just why she was on your brain. No, I think Florence Pugh is outstanding. 
but who would I cast? I don't know as a female. Speaking of, of the Floyd, speaking did, of the Marvel did, Cinematic Universe, Colby Smolders would probably do really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah but she's she another one that seems like. Like we were saying about even Colin Farrell, she's like too good looking and too action hero-y looking. Now, know? but a lot of people still know her from How I Met Your Mother. It's true. All right. yeah, now, but we're talking about now. We're talking Eat about- my dick, <laughs> but my wife's watching Dexter and Julie Benz would totally be able to pull it off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think she could do it. My wife's going through the X-Files, Jillian Anderson. A little older, but that'd be yeah, kind of cool. a little old for it. Um um i got nothing guys i don't know <laughs> i i think no i think you could uh if you want to do someone uh kind of against type uh kate matucci wow oh dude i love that, wow. Who is that? okay that's pretty good that is she's uh half of uh garfunkel of uh, garfunkel, garfunkel and oats oh yeah and she well that, that goes back to your doing um you know um, co- comedians yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, so that could work pretty well. Yeah, uh, that's not. She's bad popped at up all. in a lot of indie films where she plays a little more seriously, and I mean, I think she could do that, and it would just be such an interesting choice. Plus, yeah. you might get a cool song out of it. Just like no, no, <laughs> yeah. dude, but but seriously, no, she's perfect. Like she's a little tiny, like unassuming, yeah, girl mm-hmm. that's gonna be in an office somewhere, and then she becomes like a fucking super spy. That's not. Yeah. That's not bad at all. Like that. Yeah, one. that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That well, that almost makes me lean towards someone like Kristen, like Wicker, a um or Kate McKinnon. Oh God, Kate, well, yeah. So Kate McKinnon did the spy. Kate McKinnon uh, could actually me. be pretty great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She because um, we've seen like regardless of what you think of the film, uh, which I happen to like it, but in in the Ghostbusters movie she was in. I love that. Movie. She's got she's got some like good action star swagger in a couple of scenes. Yeah. She does. Yeah. Yeah. And the spy who dumped me, she was, you know, had, had some fun hilarious stuff in, in there. That movie. Yeah, yeah, she really is. But uh that that but you talking about sitcoms makes me think of like an like an Allison Brie or Gillian Jacobs from community also just watched yeah. fear street which gillian jacobs is so in. i was about to say i almost said gillian jacobs earlier and i was like no nah, i just saw this fear street so i'm not gonna <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i don't know that could be fun and, though actually br- bringing up uh when you brought up Kristen wig it made me think oh man i'd also love to see bill Hader. Wow. Yeah, yeah, but Bill he's Hader, sort of doing actually, that with Barry. And, right, he's yeah, doing that with Barry. Barry like, he plays serious very well. Like, it's surprising yeah. how good he is in Barry. Man, when is that I love, season? I love when is that next so season much. coming? Oh, I need that next enough. season in my not life. It's soon. So oh, what man, do you guys so, think of the, the actual science fiction of this film? Like the actual... Uh, well, not, not just like... Okay, so we've talked a little bit about the, the memory stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like about the the world in which they live and and how they do everything on mars my i think i guess miles i guess it depends on if you mean like the technology or just the overall world building uh so we're talking overall world building i think that what they're doing in in total recall i think what verhoven is doing fits in very well with his overall filmography, especially in the fact that Mars has not been colonized by, let's say the United States. It's been colonized by a corporation Mm -hmm. and it's very much him, you know, using that, that satire that he used so well in RoboCop and that we'll discuss in, in Starship Troopers later on. 
Uh, it's not as scathing of a satire as Robocop or Starship Troopers, but he's definitely commenting on the idea of, of colonization by corporation. Oh, a hundred percent. And I, I agree that it's, it's not as biting just because it's not the main focus of the movie, right. but then you still have these things about like these throwaway moments where it's like, Oh, well people have to buy air. Yeah. And that, exactly. that is so terrifying to me. Yeah. Dude, I, <laughs> um, I mean, it's sort of a, this, I'm trying not to get this too political, but <laughs> there is this really great article that I read. And if you're a member of our Discord, I did share it in there recently, uh, like this past week, probably, that kind of proposes that that Total Recall is a like a communist allegory. That makes sense. Mm. Uh, yeah so it's it, it was on it was on uh, birth movies death rest you know rest in peace <laughs> but uh I, I, actually i'm gonna pull it up right now and tell you who wrote it because i want to give them credit for this because this is not my idea joff gerd is the is the writer on that uh who was a writer on birth, birth movies death so yeah his he wrote this this is a last year last summer Total Recall at 30, get the girl, seize the means of production, save the entire planet is the name of the article. Uh, <laughs> but, which is, which is great. Uh, but yeah, so his whole article is about how Total Recall is sort of a pro-socialism allegory or a Marxist allegory. And the fact that they, they do, they do paint all of the, uh, the corporations, the symbols of capitalism in the film as being fairly evil is, is a, is pretty apparent obviously, but his idea is that you, you know, your first, your first clue to this is that Doug Quaid, the main character who you're supposed to sympathize with is shown as, you know, this, the symbol of the everyman, a construction worker, you know, a guy mm -hmm. who works with his hands. Uh, but he's also a guy who looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger, the physical ideal, you know? Right. Uh, and then. And it's also that, that ideal middle class. Like he doesn't, he's not super wealthy, but he doesn't seem to be struggling. Like when he goes to recall and they list the price, he kind of just shrugs it off. I'm like, okay. Right. Which for a guy working in construction, you would think that would be a bigger, bigger deal. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's obviously living fairly, fairly well. But then kind of reinforcing that Quaid lives in this uh, brutalist, what what looks like, it, we it's a brutalist ar architecture, the building, which kind of makes you think of public housing. You've got this bare concrete everywhere, you know, this... The, you've got no real view out the window. Like it's a very harsh set that mm -hmm. they live in, you know, that apartment that they live in. Uh, but it's, you know, he's got all of all the things that are, are kind of symbols of his consumerism, you know, like they've yeah. got a lot of fancy shit in their apartment is, is what I'm saying. You know, right. they've got the display things. They've got the fancy knives on the counter, the designer appliances where, the wife can just spend all day practicing her her tennis and everything. 
Gary which Anderson. I didn't. I did. I did enjoy. Uh, speaking of, of futuristic things, I did enjoy that version of kind of holographic uh, training because I think we are getting close to that. Like things with like, like the 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 um, oh, yeah. mirror you can buy that that coaches you and stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. yeah, you were you were getting into some deeper stuff. I just like came back in and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to talk about the video phone for a second. <laughs> we're we're talking about how um, how <laughs> Total Recall is actually a, a pro uh, communism screed. Uh, well, but the video phone, yeah. <laughs> I think that I think that you could take this and make it whatever the fuck you want it to be. Uh, well, yeah. I, I was specifically quoting an article that I read that uh, that made it that made this from birth point movies thought, death. Yeah, from birth movies death. Yeah, yeah, I saw that yeah. too. My thing is, is that I mean, I, I I don't think that anybody involved in the movie was trying to do that. I think that that's clearly like a uh, I don't even think that's a Philip K, K. Dick thing. I think that that's I think Philip K. Dick's is more of a man search for meaning kind of thing more yeah. than than anything and uh that's just my opinion i mean i i don't know but well i mean the, the the reason that we got into it is just talking about how the the movie's version of the future does show these corporations as being these evil entities these corporations being the symbols of capitalism but you know so i can definitely the, see the ideas somebody... from the sequel that clearly like i mean quaid's gonna run a corporation right, right. after this yes. Yeah. And so I don't I don't think that Verhoeven intended that. Verhoeven was very I think that Verhoeven was very anti-imperialist and anti um excessive greed in all factors. I think yeah, that I he think was very anti-government being too in control for any side. Like well, uh, the, well that that lines up with a lot of Philip K. Dick's work is that he focuses on you know the struggle that man has to I to um, you know truly find himself and then the pressures put on him from society media especially the government and that's where that paranoia comes in of like is the government shaping what you are as opposed to you shaping yourself um, yeah, so that so I mean, for so for him to become the leader of pre-crime in the proposed sequel capturing these people who have not committed a crime he actually becomes that which he hated and that kind of makes a really nice progression for that character he ends up becoming like pink floyd in the wall where he ends up railing against it and becoming a victim of the system he created where you're pre-assuming somebody's an awful person just because well it's the idea that they're catching criminals but these criminals haven't done anything wrong yet right so there's that whole thing but yeah i mean i'm not saying that i fully buy into the the that theory about this being like a pro-marxist kind of thing but i do think it's i I bring it up because i think it's a very interesting reading and i think that there are things that if you have that point of view would support it the biggest one probably being that in the end schwarzenegger redistributes the wealth so to so to speak by giving the martians the air that they've previously just had to pay for well i mean he he's giving everybody air yeah i mean that that should be like a basic human right and so like should be yeah, it should, yeah be. it should be, but it's not. So, so you can say because, that like because I don't know uh, that... Cohagen would rather make money off of it than give it to people who need it. Yeah, I 
I don't know. I think that like based on this, I would say he's more unchecked, like, like anti-unchecked capitalism than he is like yeah. any. I, okay, yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that. I would hundred percent agree with that. I mean, yeah, because I, I think the 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 article makes a good point as, as in stating that Verhoeven and Verhoeven did that with all this science fiction from this era, from Robocop, from this film with um, uh, Starship Troopers. He is very critical of the, of the corporate capitalist era. But I don't think he is necessarily pro anything else other than pointing out this this unchecked is really bad. Yeah, I mean, that was in RoboCop. Uh, it's here. It's, it's in Starship Troopers to an extent, although Starship Troopers is a little more uh, anti-fascism in, in general. Right. Uh, which we'll discuss in a few weeks when we talk about that. That, that one well, is we, one you we can, talked think, about really like his into. His, his, I mean, what he grew up in. So he grew up in Nazi occupied Holland. Yes. So, so I mean, for, he saw I'm, fascism I'm not, I'm not trying to associate, firsthand. you know, like I get there's, there's lots of deep discussions to have about all these political things. But I think for Verhoeven, you know, in his world, all he's focused on is this is what imperialism does. This is what this side does. This is what. Like he's seeing it, he he feels like he's seen the the ultimate extreme of anything, and so like he's he's just I don't I, I don't know I think he likes to play with it all like he likes to like pick it apart and uh, yeah so yeah I I think he's more it, corporate greed is certainly a thing he's he's Definitely. concerned with and just yeah. how wild that can get if if left to just rich people doing whatever they want to do um i don't i don't know that necessarily that he gets more i you know i could be wrong but i don't know that he gets more political than that like i think he's just like hey look there here's another rich guy fucking like taking control of a a resource and using it against the people paul verhoeven as we've discussed is incredibly intelligent you know, right. he is incredibly mm-hmm. intelligent. So his movies mm-hmm. do probably work on levels that we haven't even necessarily figured out because he is he is a genius. I mean, he is a genius. Uh, we, we haven't discussed this on this roundtable, but we discussed it on our previous episodes. Like he is he has a double Ph.D. in physics and mathematics like he's smarter than we are. Uh, so there's definitely stuff that he's putting in his phd in mathematics but can he tell you who the first nwa world's heavyweight champion was (laughs) Uh, so smart is relative my friend well yeah i mean gary's got (laughs) gary's got his phd in thugonomics i believe (laughs) right right but yeah i mean what i'm saying is like he's he's putting stuff in his movies that are intended to be his movies are intended to be seen on multiple levels not just as a sci-fi action movie or not just as a uh, erotic thriller like we're going to talk about next week or or even a camp trash you know story about a, a stripper in las vegas like everything that he does can be seen on multiple levels and i think that's why this series is so fun to me is because you can really dig into his movies all of them, really. I mean, I we'll see about what we feel about when we get to Hollow Man, but you can generally like dig below the surface of all of his movies and find some really, really interesting stuff. 
it's tough, man, because I mean, I, I, he's a guy who, I mean, he would be tough to get. I don't want to be one of those guys who's all about cancel culture or anything, but I mean, this guy's had some stuff that like, I feel like he'd be tough to get through right now. Like he's, Oh, I mean, especially with flesh and blood, like, uh, well, even recently as more recently, like L L had a lot of controversy around it. And there's even controversy in recent, even more recent, uh, in publications because, Sharon Stone has an autobiography, a recently released autobiography, where she talks about basic instincts and how she felt exploited on that, which we'll probably dig into a little bit more in our basic instinct episode. But he's still a controversial figure, even now in 2021, you know? Yeah, he's he's um, you know, he's not more he's not so obvious as some people could be. Uh, I just watched the Jeepers Creepers series now go now go back and watch powder <laughs> i don't want to oh. I, uh, oh. watching that, that would, movie that in retrospect me... is, is, is it's rough it's it rough. is cringy really um, oh wow uh, I, I had i had no problem with a lot of the science fiction in in this film with the exception of the finale this the finale just feels so made up on the fly well, with, we talked with, about with, in the, with, in, with the, in the episode. And... Yeah, with the with the I mean, that was the part that you know Dan O'Bannon and uh Chassette, I mean, mainly Dan O'Bannon, it sounds like. I mean, he had gotten them to Mars, you know, and then it was like then working their way into the third act, it was that that feels like the part that was rewritten the most times, like that they constantly <laughs> yes. were like fucking with. And Dan O'Bannon was the first to say, like, oh, it's chaos. It makes no sense. It's uh blah blah blah. He like he he was anti, but Dan O'Bannon's grumpy. But I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're gonna have issues, I guess uh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, unless you consider it part of this ridiculous fantasy that's been implanted into sure. Inside. In which case it works because it doesn't have to be incredibly plausible if it's just a fantasy anyway. Yeah. The only part like that the, I whole, anti- the whole point of the fantasy is that he's saving the world. And the only part does. that I think about when I'm thinking about the fantasy idea, and then and I lean more towards all a dream, and I think that again that that's what Verhoeven was leaning towards, whether he'll admit it or not. Um, was I mean, there are a lot of scenes where you're dealing with Michael Ironside and like those guys like on their own and so it is kind of weird that you would have as much insight into the bad guys that you would have were it yeah all in that makes sense arnold's head you know what i mean like it's just kind of so so it's kind of odd i mean i don't know if that's supposed to be just like let it go since you're uh the fourth wall like you're looking through there like seeing this or but but would that all exist were it a simulation? You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that does make sense because you wouldn't be seeing you you would only see what Quaid sees. Right. Right. You would only you yeah. would only know what he knows. And so that's the weird part of it. Well, I, I I would chalk that up to like you still have to have the moving pieces going going, even even in a, a made-up situation. So yeah. maybe what we're seeing is you know, the remnants of what they inject in terms of this is how this is plausible for this to happen. You know, yeah. so yeah. like, because we also don't know exactly how some of this recall stuff works. So maybe he's just kind of reliving this moment 
And this gives him like this whole thing that he's dreaming. This gives him uh, maybe an out of body experience in that part of the dream. Um, because sometimes when you dream, you have these moments where you you're you're kind of a third person perspective, and I, I, I could buy that. I mean, I, I love that it's so so difficult on so many levels. I mean, for me, the most important level uh, that 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 I think it hits on what I think it endears it the most, and I, I could be totally wrong on this, but I think universally the idea that this guy is living his life and he has a regular nine to five and he goes to every single day and he has a wife, however hot as Sharon stone, he still <laughs> is like constantly striving for something else or thinks about something else. It's like a human thing. So for me, it's enough that it's about this dude who just fantasizes about what else is out there, the other opportunities in the world and that sort of thing. And maybe that's even just my place in life. And I don't mean that, you know, Jennifer, if you're listening to this, I don't mean like all of that. Like, I mean, I just mean, <laughs> I just mean that like man is constantly searching for something. And so you're like, could I do more? Could I, could, what could I be if I had made different decisions? Well, and he, that he actively vocalizes that. Yeah. And, and so this is a, a fucking thing that like a, a drug, like any sort of drug, like the most advanced drug you could get to at that point that like even Verhoeven I, says straight up in the commentary of the film, that they're pitching it to you like it's cigarettes, like the, in the same commercials, they're giving you schizophrenia. They're like making you think like, this is your reality now. Like we can give you a different reality if you want it. And uh, they're, they're pitching it to you. Like to me, that's the, that's enough. Like on, on just, even if that surface level, that's, that's good enough. Like that's, that's yeah. pretty fucked up. That's wild. Like, they're just like, we'll just make you believe what do you want to believe? Cause we could, we could do it. Like we yeah. got the technology. Yeah. Which is a horrifying thought yes. <laughs> that, right. that, that, that technology could exist. I mean, not that it does, but you know, that the, the, the very theory of that is like, can you imagine all of the horrible things people could do if that technology existed? Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, 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 that's why I like about this movie because it, it does ask those questions. I mean, I also am glad there is quirky science fiction that plays with this idea of like eternal sunshine and makes an interesting art film out of it. But yeah. when we're talking about some of the bigger questions that this technology can, can bring, I think this movie is a better conversation piece just because it kind of shows you what would most likely happen. Yeah. 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 It's like Star Trek when you're, you're, you're sitting in the room, like you're sitting in on our video screen miles where you're in the holodeck and uh, <laughs> you can do anything in the world. And you decided you wanted to end up in like a fucking pulp mystery novel bar somewhere instead of, you know, uh, eight way orgy. <laughs> like, it's too, it's too many it's too many i'm just saying i mean that sounds if, exhausting <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, i just want to hang out and i want to pretend to be a detective <laughs> or would you like to would you like to be on baywatch and everybody's attracted to you 
I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'd probably like you to be in the scenario. <laughs> well, now that I say it out loud, too much I mean, like Baywatch is, yeah, Baywatch is probably a bad example. But anyway, you get my idea. I guess this is a pretty good. That's a pretty good note to end this on. Eight way orgies is a good way to end the episode. I think, as <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> it often is. <laughs> uh but yeah this is our thank you for coming on for this round table miles i'm sure we'll have you on on more of these in the future because yeah. you're always you're always down to do this kind of stuff and you're always bringing a lot of insight to the films that we <laughs> might not think about so thanks for coming well, on thank you for having me i always love uh hanging out with you guys do you want to do you have anything you want to promote your podcast or anything your uh yeah you can, you can find yeah you can find me on twitter at the more you nerd uh, facebook.com slash the more you nerd uh also on the cosmic crit podcast which is at cosmic crit on twitter and you can find me on letterbox at miles will save us and the cinema shock discord <laughs> yeah we're in there go to cinemashock.net where you can find a link to join our discord if you want to talk with all of us except for todd and mostly except for Gary, because he only pops in with an inappropriate <laughs> meme every now and then. It's it's <laughs> like me, Bill, and you just like constant conversation cycles. Fred, Fred comes in there a lot. Yeah, Fred does, uh, Fred does come yeah, in there. Todd made an appearance once uh, for I've about a day a, and a half. I've made a few appearances. They were a long mm, time ago. <laughs> yeah. I think you the last time you appeared is because I about it very you. Qu- quickly. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway uh that's where miles can be found on the internet we can be found at cinema underscore shock or on all the uh all the social media places uh what about you todd where can you be found well if you uh we've made plenty of star trek references between uh this episode and the last episode but if you want to hear that trek conversation come on over to computer resume podcast where we cover the entire franchise and you can yeah, find miles it. has been on there a few times right Miles? Mm-hmm. everybody here has been on at least once <laughs> so uh yeah come on over that's you can find that anywhere you get podcasts and you can reach out to us at computer resume on all of the socials and you can find me at computer well uh, yeah i am at computer resume but i'm also at mr I, todd say, I don't know how to spell the fart sound <laughs> <laughs> i'm at mr todd a davis on all the socials todd drew me into computer resume recently for an episode depending on when you're listening to this it's the end of season one and the beginning of season two of star trek enterprise and it is all about time travel and he strictly did it to make me fucking hate everything (laughs) (laughs) gary have you watched the netflix show dark no i want you to watch it i want your thoughts on it one it's very good um but it does it does deal with some time travel stuff and i'd I'd be curious as to your thoughts on on how they handle it because i know how picky you are about that stuff it's a great show we talk about you on the episode in computer zoom how you give me shit about caring so much about time travel but it's uh (laughs) actually and then todd eventually talks about stuff that makes me hate it more then I'm like, I didn't even think about this, and now I hate it more than I hated it before. <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. But anyway. Anyway, where can you be found on the internet, Gary? Oh, hey, I'm at this is Gary Horde, and I, I have a wrestling show sort of in a set TIP. Sort of? Show. No, you definitely no, have no, a No, I definitely show. do. I definitely do. <laughs> at TIPW? At TIPW show. <laughs> that's the that's the thing. Gary's new I'm at pod- Justin Gary's new Bishop. podcasting, everybody. Yeah, hey, he's, he's, he's never done this, this first time. <laughs> I'm at Justin underscore Bishop. 
And once again, follow us at Cinema Shock everywhere. Until next week, may the wings of liberty never lose a feather. Be excellent to each other. Johnny had the keys. Had? He had the keys? Has. Did you I said had? I said had. It's past tense. Um, past that tense. Was, like you just like you just broke the internet right now, Todd. <laughs> what? Johnny had the keys. Who has them now? <laughs> I know. Who's got them? <laughs> Who's got those goddamn keys, Todd? <laughs> <laughs>